The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Now at five, soaking rain, the kind you measure in inches. The areas we needed most and where more will be coming down. And eyes on the creeks and low water crossings. This is from out near Belterra. Some of the other creeks we're keeping an eye on straight ahead. Well, we haven't had rain like this in months, and we really needed it. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Muddy. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. We've got even more rain on the way. Chief Meteorologist David Yeoman shows us how much we've already had, and David, how much more we could see. Jen, Daniel, Austin's heaviest one-day rain event in eight months. And check out this simulation of what we're actually seeing outside right now. As heavy rain pours into our creeks and streams, which have been running dry for so long, the soil is getting more saturated, creating runoff. We are concerned about minor flooding, potentially putting low-water crossings like this one underwater tonight. If you come across a flooded roadway in the next 24 hours, remember, turn around, don't drown. Let's get to what it looks like outside right now. Some scattered light to moderate rain in the Austin area, a little downpour in Buda moving back into central Austin, just as you thought we were wrapping up. Look at this, east of 35, it's been like a tropical storm, except colder today. Heavy rain, almost nonstop, frequent cloud to ground lightning in southern Fayette County. This is part of a band of training rainfall leading to flash flooding south of I-10. This band of rain just continues to feed up into places like Fayette County. And it is chilly out there. Almost record cool temperatures this afternoon. No warmer than 49 in Dripping Springs and 51 in Austin. And while we haven't seen any flash flood warnings locally this evening, creeks and streams are flowing. Meteorologist Nick Bannon joins us live from one of our urban creeks in Austin. Nick, what are you seeing? So, so far so good here. We're actually on top of the west 9th Street Bridge overlooking Shoal Creek. Today, Shoal Creek jumped around five feet at the West 12th Street stream flow location. But since around 2.30 this afternoon, the creek has been starting to lower back down to more normal levels. Now, back in April, sorry, August 22nd of last year, Shoal Creek's water level was actually running a full 10 feet higher than it was able to peak here today. On that day, almost five inches of rain fell in parts of the city, and we had actually three inches fall in one hour in Austin. That was the third highest Shoal Creek has ever reached in Austin, and Shoal Creek Saloon flooded, and all that water, of course, had to find its way into Lady Bird Lake. Now, today's rainfall was much more spread out than it was in August, with closer to two inches of rain in Austin today spread out over the last 12 to 18 hours rather than coming down in about an hour or two like it did then. Still today, David, this is beneficial rain. We could have used it heavier in the hill country where we need the rain the most, but we'll take what we can get, right? We are not done with the rain yet. Coming up in your first warning forecast, we'll take a look at how much to expect and a dramatically different weekend. Guys. All right, David, thanks so much. Right now we're waiting for a verdict in the Daniel Perry murder trial. Twelve jurors are deciding the fate of the Army sergeant who shot and killed a Black Lives Matter demonstrator while driving downtown during a 2020 protest. The man killed Garrett Foster was armed. And KXN's Jayla Washington brings us the closing arguments they heard this morning. No matter what the jury decides, an undeniable fact is this. Garrett Foster, a soon-to-be husband, son, and friend, lost his life. He took care of all my needs, like he helped me get dressed in the morning. He helped me take a bath. 
On a day where perhaps jurors start to feel the true burden of holding another man's fate in their hands, on both sides, attorneys make their final case. He slams on his brakes. There's nobody on the right passenger side. Nobody's touching his car. Nobody's in the front. He could have continued to drive. Close your eyes and picture that. And as you're picturing that, picture this. The defense is very demonstrative and it's closing as it's been throughout the trial. While the state relies on some of its strongest evidence, Perry's social media posts talking about anti-protest, pro-police feelings, and private messages between Daniel Perry and a friend talking about a similar situation where a driver shot a protester six weeks prior to Perry killing Foster. These conversations with Michael Holcomb are starting to look like a playbook for what you would do if you wanted to use force. I will repeatedly say, not I would be in fear for my life, this is terrifying. I'm going to say I'm in fear for my life. All of that is in Daniel Perry's head when he drove into this crowd. The defense tells jurors it wasn't possible for Perry to drive off fast enough, arguing he had three choices, to drive off and be shot, sit inside of the car and wait to see what happens, or to defend himself. And that's exactly what he did. These are the people with the burden of proof, ladies and gentlemen. The state didn't bring you any science. There's not one of us who, if we were in that same position, if we're honest with ourselves, we wouldn't just sit and pray. While each side works to persuade whether Daniel Perry is guilty of murder, all attorneys recognize the sadness and weight of this case. It is okay to feel sorry for Garrett Foster. He was a human being. He, he loved, he was loved, and he died. And it is perfectly okay to feel sorry for Garrett Foster. But Garrett Foster made a choice that night. He came ready for a war, not a protest. Even in Texas, this isn't a good shoot. And we're going to ask you to consider that as you deliberate. He was my husband. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. And Perry faces one count of murder and one count of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Tennessee's Republican-dominated House has expelled the first of three Democratic members at risk of being thrown out of the legislature for their role in the gun control demonstration. So this afternoon's vote to oust Representative Justin Jones was an extraordinary move the chamber has only used a handful of times since the Civil War. And the House is also considering ousting Representatives Gloria Johnson and Justin Pearson just a week ago, the trio chanted back and forth from the chamber floor with gun control supporters who packed the gallery. Now that protest happened just days after six people, including three children, were killed in a shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville. An investigation by a Pulitzer-winning nonprofit news organization, ProPublica, has Democratic lawmakers calling for new scrutiny of U.S. Supreme Court justices. ProPublica reports that for decades, Justice Clarence Thomas has accepted luxury trips from a GOP megadonor without disclosing the travel freebies. That megadonor is Dallas businessman Harlan Crow. The investigation catalogs various trips Thomas has taken on Crow's yacht and private jet and Crow's private resort in upstate New York. Now, like other federal judges, Supreme Court justices are required to file an annual financial disclosure report, which asks them to list any gifts they have received. It's not clear why Thomas omitted the trips. He's not really talking about it. But under a judiciary policy guide consulted by the Associated Press, 
food, lodging, or entertainment received as, quote, personal hospitality of any individual does not need to be reported if it's at the personal residence of that individual or their family. Look for more on this investigation at KXAN.com by looking under Newscast Featured Links. The Supreme Court will allow a 12-year-old transgender girl in West Virginia to continue competing on her middle school track team. The court rejected an attempt by the state to quash an appeals court order that allows Becky Pepper Jackson to participate while a lawsuit over state ban runs its course. And Justices Samuel Alito as well as Clarence Thomas right now would have have allowed West Virginia to enforce its law against Pepper Jackson. Democrat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission to run for president in 2024. He's a nephew of former President John F. Kennedy and the son of former presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy. Previously known as an author and prominent environmental lawyer, in recent years, Kennedy has become a prominent voice in the anti-vaccine movement. There's been a lot of turnover at Austin City Hall, and we've reported that much of that is on purpose. Just ahead, some new insight into the changes about who's in charge at Austin's airport. What's behind a backlog of domestic violence cases in Hayes County? One woman's story and the plan to expand help the victims for the victims in these cases. And growing concern about the number of Texas infants going to sleep and not waking up. What many of those cases have in common. Right now, Governor Greg Abbott is speaking at the Texas Medical Association in Austin, where he's been hosting a One Pill Kills Summit today on the dangers of fentanyl. Uh, here's a live look for you. Fentanyl is one of the governor's priority issues. This session, he's gathered parents, students, law enforcement agency leaders, and state lawmakers to talk about what can be done to reduce the number of lives lost to this deadly drug. The governor has said that he will make a major announcement. We're listening for that, and we'll have a full report on today's summit tonight on KXAN News at 9 and 10. There's some new information about the sudden exit of the former executive director of Austin's airport. Jacqueline Yaft resigned last month. A report from the city auditor's office says Yaft acted on a conflict of interest by approving more than a half million dollars in invoices from her previous employer. A letter from Yaft's attorney calls the conflict erroneous, and it says that she had no power to award or change that contract. We've got the official investigative report and the full response from both Yaft's attorney and the city for you at KXAN.com. Car payments in America are now rivaling mortgages. Auto industry expert Edmonds has just released new numbers about how much cars are costing right now. It says payments for a new car are now averaging $730 a month. And nearly 17% of buyers who finance their new rides are paying more than a whopping $1,000 a month. Ahead on NBC Nightly News, what's driving up these record prices and what you should consider if you need a new car. Well, check it out. Just getting word from the weather service that we set a record for daily rainfall for today's date at the airport. 1.85 inches and counting, helping close that yearly deficit by a significant amount. In Austin at Camp Mabry, 1.96 inches and still more rain coming. Even just this 1.96, the heaviest rain we've seen in town in one day since August. Your first warning forecast and when the rain stops coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. 
Along with a surging population in Hayes County, there's been a surge in the number of people filing for protective orders. And commissioners are now taking steps to help protect domestic violence victims. and Sarah Alshe shares the story of one local woman. 2,551 days, he beat me, gagged me, bound me, um, dropped me on floors ruptured a disc in my back. Living in fear for eight years. Photographs of the cross time of what was done to my face. After years of abuse at the hands of her significant other, Denise Fonseca finally broke free on January of 2018 after calling the Hayes County Sheriff's Office. They saved me. I think I was probably weeks away from being killed. Fonseca says deputies took her abuser to jail that night. He ultimately pled guilty to three felony charges. So I found peace because I got justice. Along that 18-month journey, Fonseca says she had someone by her side the whole way through. She was with me through the entire court proceedings. She had a victim assistance coordinator. Provide resources, provide in many cases, emotional support. Do everything that a DA's office can do for a victim. Hayes County District Attorney Kelly Higgins says his office needs more of them to help with the increase in domestic violence and stalking cases. That request was approved at a recent Hayes County Commissioner's Court meeting. Fonseca says she's encouraged another victim's assistance coordinator is coming to help guide more people through that journey. She was my shoulder to lean on. Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. And victim assistance coordinators help on a variety of cases, but D.A. Higgins says this new position will specifically focus on domestic violence. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, what a treat here in April during the midst of a, an ongoing three-and-a-half-year drought. Cool, rainy weather across the area. I-35 as an added bonus doesn't look too bad up here in Georgetown. This is our live Ewald Kubota cam where it is jacket weather 50 degrees up in Williams County. Unfortunately, not a lot of rain right now in the hill country where we have remained driest as our models predicted. In Austin, right when you thought it was ending, we've got another little wave of moderate downpours, even a lightning strike a moment ago near Coda and Garfield. So moderate to heavy rain into parts of West Austin from Loop 360 back toward Terrytown and Mopac. It is certainly a wet commute east of I-35 as well. It has been pouring basically nonstop from Bastrop to Smithville down into Fayette County. Giddings, we got some dangerous cloud to ground lightning. None of these storms are severe, but they are making a racket out there, no doubt. LaGrange, this is not an evening you want to be on 71. Really blinding, almost tropical rainfall rates. Check out the rainfall that we've seen so far. These are your live updated gauges. Just a few select ones. You can find 200 of them on KXAN.com. Unfortunately, in the hill country, look at this. The Perdinalis and Llano rivers are running bone dry. This has not been enough rain to create saturated soil and runoff. It just soaks right into that dry soil like a sponge. About two-thirds of an inch near Spicewood, only a half inch in extreme northwestern Travis County. But the rest of us have really been cashing in. Over two inches west of Dripping Springs, two and a quarter inches inches on Barton Creek where we're finally starting to see some flow east of 35 as our models were predicting a couple of days ago we are already getting some rain totals up close to five inches and more is coming 3.4 near Giddings 4.76 inches of rain near Bastrop 
Now, as continued rain keeps falling in some areas tonight, the Weather Prediction Center has placed the areas from I-35 eastward that have seen the most rain and will continue to see more rain under a two out of four risk of what's called excessive rainfall, basically a flash flood threat overnight tonight. So let me show you why all this is happening and when it's going to end. We've got a stalled boundary up about 5,000 feet over our heads, kind of like a cold front, but not on the ground. This is creating that line of nonstop rain bisecting our area as a storm system approaches. This is what's feeding moisture and energy up into that boundary. Now things will change a little bit here and there from hour to hour, but overall the wet weather does not stop for about 24 hours in the hill country. Not a lot of action this evening. We may see a slight downtick in activity through 9 10 p.m., but it's not over yet. Look at this by midnight. Our models are generating another blossoming of moderate to heavy rain. Some thunderstorms certainly possible, although they should not be severe tomorrow morning. Widespread rain, a mess of a morning commute on Mopac and on 35. Tomorrow, it's another chilly, rainy day with rain coverage gradually decreasing. Look at this. By evening into early Saturday morning, we slowly kiss the rain chances goodbye and get ready for a very different weekend weather-wise. Additional rainfall totals, hopefully another half inch, hopefully more in the hill country. We could get another inch in Austin and another two to three in some of our eastern counties. Yes, you are doing the math right. That means some areas east of 35 will end up with more than six inches of rain. Rain. Those models seemed a little crazy when we showed them to you a few days ago, but they were right. Temperatures staying chilly. North winds keep temperatures in the 50s uh, late this evening, dropping to the 40s by morning. And tomorrow, it will be another close to record cool day. High temperatures about, what, 25 degrees cooler than normal in the 50s. Tonight, 49 degrees with a 90% chance of some on and off rain and storms. Tomorrow, some lightning is possible, but hopefully most of this rain is lighter. I say hopefully. Hopefully we get more in the hill country. 54 degrees, your high. Seven-day forecast kisses the rain chances goodbye when you wake up on Saturday. Easter Sunday looks totally different in the 70s with mainly cloudy but dry weather. Early next week, mild, comfortable temperatures and another slight chance of rain. But look at this, more promise of rainfall in the state in our two-week outlook. Just ahead, the renewed warning against adults falling asleep with newborns. Some new evidence about how unsafe that is. Medical experts at Cook Children's Medical Center in Fort Worth are reporting an alarming trend of infant deaths linked to unsafe sleep situations. Since January of 2022, Cook Children's has seen 30 infant deaths related to unsafe sleep. Trauma records show the majority of the deaths involve the baby co-sleeping with a parent or caregiver. Now, digging deeper, demographic data found the highest death rates impacted black boys from two months to six months old, followed by Hispanic infants. Being Hispanic, I kind of do know some of some of what it means to kind of live in a situation where you're in a multi-generational home and where that in and of itself, you know, may just be, again, more of a family to family custom that, you know, if, if, if people aren't aware that it's unsafe, they may not be doing this on purpose. And the CDC says about 3,500 sleep-related infant deaths occur every year in the U.S. Honda is recalling more than half a million older model CRVs. We're talking 2007 through 2011 CRVs that were sold in or registered in cold weather states. The issue is road salt used to de-ice those roads can cause corrosion, and that could cause the rear trailing arm to detach from the frame. Honda says it has received 61 customer complaints, but no reports of death 
deaths or injuries. All right, no reruns tonight on KXAN and it's Law and Order Thursday. We have the original at 7, Special Victims Unit at 8, and Organized Crime at 9 before we're back with KXAN News at 10. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.